How's everybody doing that? Alrighty then. Getting uncorked. <laughs> Getting quacked up in the glory. Corked and uncorked. Uncorked. Corked and uncorked. You just laugh like you pray in tongues. You just let it flow like a river. Oh man, we ought to play the song for them sometime. Ha, 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 ha. It goes like, ha, ha, ha. ha, ha. Let the uh, angels we'll play it for the offering tonight <laughs> so that the joy of the Lord can open up their purses. <laughs> That's what it takes to give. And not just purses only. Wallets as well. Amen. Amen. Well, we'll see you guys on Tuesday. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I'm offended now. You finally touched that one string in my brain where I can... Just manifest and be self-justified against supernal wisdom and the apostolic of the heavenly Jerusalem and the twelve gemstones of the high priest Ephod and hallelujah. Well, we're not going to give the enemy an excuse. Amen. Amen. There will be crystal clear living waters through your minds so that you can discern the difference between Satan and Jesus. You think, well, brother, I, I already do that. Well, you do that, but you get more accurate. And I'm not saying you're always wrong, because that's not accurate. But you're not always right either. And so as you rise in the river of the Holy Ghost, learning submission to the authority of the kings of the kingdom, as it's written, King of Kings, we say, well, that's me and you. It's not. No, it's not. You have the potential of being a king and queen if you submit to King Elijah, King Joseph, King Moses, King Aaron, King Jacob, King Isaac, King Abraham, King Enoch. Truth anyhow, 24 elders around his throne. It is written. What do you think the elders are? The kings of the kingdom of heaven. And you don't just deal with them like a far off five mile away, you know, what Apostle Shadrach said. You don't have three mile away Jesus. Three mile away Holy Spirit is a demon on your forehead. You have a demon. You have Emmanuel. God is with us. Well, I know God's with me theologically. No, Yadhe, Vavhe is with you in reality, not in theology. In reality, it is real. We want your faith to grow in Yadhe, Vavhe. Sabaoth tonight that you might know that he is with you to save you and deliver you, says the Lord. I am with you, Jeremiah says, to save you and deliver you, says Yadevave. So when you appropriate the name to the path of lightnings where he physically comes from, an invisible light that can also be seen physically called Shekinah on the rung of earth, if you understand the path of lightnings, you shall see, Nathaniel, angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Oh, Jesus only? No, firstborn amongst many who are raised from the dead. Who are the many raised from the dead in Jesus Christ firstborn? The 120 in the upper room. Which means they begin to see angels ascend and descend. Maybe it's Peter's angel, it is written. They begin to see angels. They weren't accurate because they're little babies in Christ. Little babies in the glory. But they began to see. There's a beginning of seeing, and then there's a honing of seeing, and then there's a maturing of seeing, and then there's an accuracy of seeing, until every single one of you at the sound of my voice is like Samuel the seer. Truth anyhow. Well, that's not for me, brother. That's for Bob Jones. That's not what Jesus Christ said in Revelation chapter 3. What do you say? I counsel all of you to buy, I said, 
from me that you can see. Which means the seer is for 100% of the born-again Christian race of New Covenant Israel. As New Covenant Israel rises in the vision by purchasing the ISAF, by getting, getting out the blindness and getting out the deafness and getting out the dullness and getting out the sin and the iniquity and the transgression and the lust and the pride and all the strange things that we keep inside the tent of our body as we repent of all of it by purchasing ISAF, we begin to see as he sees. But it costs you. That's why he says purchase. Amen. It'll cost you. That's why he says purchase. It's not free. No, that is not free. Jesus said it'll cost you an $11.99 YouTube premium subscription. Go ahead and type in the comments, not free. (laughs) No, man. It costs you your sins and demons and your pride and your self-justification, your shortfallings, your humanity. It costs you just the dead things. A lot of the dead things you think that are alive, a lot of the Christian things that you think are from Christ that are actually demons and from Satan, that's what it costs you. Truth anyhow. So purchasing ISA, this is what we need right now. Because the eyes deal with discernment. If you can see Christ, if you NASA your eyes towards Keter, what is written? Fix your eyes on Jesus. In Hebrew, it's NASA your eyes to Keter. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. It is written that we fix our eyes on supernal Jesus. Why? Because he ascended. If you have your eyes on natural Jesus or the Jesus down here in the dust and the dirt in the valley of death, first of all, you're looking at demons pretending to be Jesus, so you're always going to be wrong. That's why they're so bitter looking like they've been baptized in lemon juice, looking like they've been baptized in in sour sourness. Truth anyhow, because they have a false Jesus. When you have true Jesus, you NASA your eyes to Keter. You fix your eyes to supernal Jesus. You can only do that by purchasing ISAF. So after you're born again, you learn how to buy. You learn how to sell. You learn how to be faithful in all God's house. Buying and selling is called planting a vineyard. Now you will do it in business. You will do it with every word out of your mouth, if you are raising children, that's your business. You're about your father's business, raising a family, raising children. That is an office. If you have any kind of other business or marketplace whatsoever, that's your vineyard. You will buy and sell in your vineyard constantly. If your vineyard is not growing, you are unfaithful in Jesus Christ's house. If you are not maintaining your vineyard, if your vineyard has bad fruit, if your vineyard has crazy foliage going on we're talking like dead elephant leaves like when we were at honor cafe today and it was like just the dry the driest soil you could imagine i just i started to shrivel up just looking at the soil that these elephant plants were planted in you know the big huge elephant leaves yeah they had a ton of them but they hadn't watered the plants and so the the soil was so dry because they're not maintaining their vineyard honor is not being maintained in the vineyard of the body of jesus christ because you don't understand so we're going to teach you how to flourish in your vineyard every single one of you even if you're a child you have a vineyard that's true we say well child are off the hook the age of accountability no that's a demonic teaching 
That's a demonic teaching. Jesus Christ had accountability when he was 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. It's just kids are raised like animals. And so we say, oh, he's just at that age. He's just at a four. He's just, he's in the terrible twos. He's in the terrible. So you say, we're in the terrible twos. Well, Jesus didn't have terrible twos. Hello? Jesus didn't have terrible anything. He's the DNA of Yadavave, and it's available to every single one of you. It's true. And I'm, I'm not condemning your parenting. I'm imparting the parenting of Yadavave so that you can have Yadavave's quality of fathering and mothering in your fatherhood, in your motherhood, and in your sonship and in your daughtership. Because if you don't have the qualities of the supernal family, of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in the kingdom of heaven, you're going to have demons, you're going to have sin, drug abuse, you're going to have anger, frustration, you're going to be always at each other's necks. Why? Because you're out of the order of God's design. You're out of what Jesus Christ created for a family unit and a home and a house to be perfect. And it's not hard, it's easy and light, and it doesn't take 20 years of counseling. It doesn't. It takes the spirit of counsel, which is the Holy Ghost, the Ruah of God. You have the Holy Ghost. You have the Ruah of God. Become much more acquainted with Him. Engage in Torah. Study the scriptures to show yourself approved, a workman who needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Change your culture. Like, for men, when you get together, engage in Torah together. Or is it... There's a common phrase among rabbinical culture where are we going to engage in words of Torah or worthless words? It's one or the other. So part of that is changing the culture instead of the American way of, oh man, hey, the cars and the money and the wives and the this. What's your conversation based off of? How's the money going? How's the wives going? How's the kids going? How's the, how's the wallet doing? You know, it's all that male culture of animal nefesh. That's what you talk about. That's a, well, how's the entertainment? What am I putting into my eyes for entertainment? Hmm. What am I feeding my kids and my wife? What am I feeding my own nefesh? It's cultural to nefesh, all nefesh. Slight variations, city to city, nation to nation, country to country. But it's all earthly nefesh things, and those things aren't necessarily a bad thing. But the reason why it's a bad thing is because that's the basis for your culture. That has to be dashed to pieces like pottery, dashed to the nation's to pieces like pottery it is written and so how the word of god he is the word of god so when you're bringing together the male and the flesh for enjoyment and you have your fun things that you do your conversation in between work and things like that let us engage in torah it's good to engage in torah mm. make that your own personal culture with each other go ahead and start that so it's sharpening your holy ephods it's getting mm-hmm. sharper in Jesus Christ with every thought, action, and word, which means you're not wasting your time doing mm-hmm. worthless temporal things. But if you don't know how to mm-hmm. invest your time and your life in eternal things, it'll be worthless no matter how much zeal you have. Mm-hmm. That's why it's written, zeal without knowledge is perishing. Even though it's like, well, we should applaud it. You can't applaud zeal unless there is supernal knowledge, mm-hmm. heavenly Jerusalem, Knowledge, knowledge of the eternal realm, because still, even in your zeal for Christ, 
everything you think, do, and say is absolutely worthless, and since you have so much invested in that, you're offended when it's revealed to you by those who walk on sapphire stones. We want to avoid that so the whole house you build doesn't burn down, as is written, all believers' works will be tested in fire. Mm -hmm. So sapphire stone is the fire of the seraphim that touched Isaiah's mouth. In Isaiah chapter 6, Woe is me of unclean lips, for and I dwell amongst the people of uncleanness, it is written. For I have seen Yadevave. <laughs> That's what it, you know, holy, <laughs> glory. Freaked him out. Rightly so. The prophet saw God, and, and then the seraphim of God touched his mouth with a sapphire stone. It's written. That's what a sapphire stone does. It completely removes the haze. It removes mm -hmm. all of the blockages, all the self-righteousness, all the religiosity. So what you need is sapphire stones or being around those who mm -hmm. walk on them. Because if you read the scripture, that's how everything gets done from heaven. And if we're just living below and we're all calloused and scaled up and we don't allow anything from God's path of lightnings into our lives, well, we have completely isolated ourselves from the kingdom of heaven and we're dwelling in a Christianity under the clippeth. That's the horror of Babylon. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. I want to address the female nefesh as well. Female nefesh culture of the earthly culture. You want to change the culture. The women are already starting that in the Arlem uh, group. It's a, there's a shift that happens. There's a shift that needs to happen as female nefesh. It's not a bad thing. I don't want you to think, you know, oh, nefesh, animal soul, evil. You know, in rabbinical culture and in the, in the Bible... Holy nefesh. Naomi, yeah, holy. Uh, yeah, Ruth actually symbolizes a holy nefesh. And what made Ruth holy as opposed to Orpah, Ruth and Orpah both represent nefesh soul. Nefesh soul. What set Ruth apart was she followed Naomi. Naomi represents the neshama. So when you train your nefesh to follow the holy neshama, the nefesh becomes holy. So it was Ruth's decision to follow Naomi that set her apart. That was the good that came out of Moab, right? That good that came out of Moab to start uh, going in that direction for the birthing of the divine child, Jesus Christ. So whatever you're coming out of, even if it's as bad as Moab, there's something good that can come out of that generation. And by generation, what are we talking about? Generation of sapphire stones. The generations... Of the fruit of your womb, women, uh, women, female, nefesh culture, it's typically going to be conversation about the fruit of your womb or the fruits of the womb of those who are sister to you in one way or another. Look at so-and-so's uh, kids. Oh, her daughter, her niece, or the nephew, they're getting married. Oh, look at the kids, how I'm raising, how you nurture, right? Uh, nefesh culture is look at how this is how I nurture my kids. How do you nurture your kids? This is how I raise our kids. Sinful this is how carnality. They raise, yeah, this is how they raise their kids. I try to give a good environment to raise these children, and I make them feel a certain way for the, you know, to raise the generations. And then, um, if we can look at the sapphire stone, the old chart, uh, the one that has the let that you can see the individual sapphire stones. Okay. Not the new one, but the sapphire one. Yeah, the Sapphire World's chart. Oh, there it is right here. Hmm. I can already hear them kind of screeching about it because they don't want to take... Oh, um, this is a huge stronghold because this... You're dealing with... 
a whole principality mm -hmm. here. So good luck, at, Rebecca. Yeah, thanks. Okay, so look at Mal look at <laughs> Malkut. You guys see Malkut at the bottom? Where does Malkut receive from? Yasad. So another one of the female nefesh cultural kind of behaviors. We talked about the male nefesh, talking about cars, money, provision, how I provide, you know, how I enjoy with my eyes, how I, um, you know, what my money, my business, male nefesh topics. The female nefesh topics is going to be, you know, the generation of your womb or the generation of your sister's wombs, your friend's wombs, how you're nurturing, how you're caring for them. It's going to be all that kind of, it, it's very much appearance of good, but there's some issues that we're going to that in a minute. But in Malkut, imagine a Malkut as the female recipient. When the sapphire stones are viewed as feminine, it's when you're looking at it as receiving from another sapphire stone, right? So when it's receiving the emanations of Shekinah glory, that's the feminine. When it's giving the emanation or sustenance, life force, sustaining life force, right? Like, you know, with the, the male provides the life and impregnates the female, and then it generates offspring. That's the pattern, that's the design of creation. So for a female nefesh, let's say look at, looking at Malkut as female receiving from Yasad. So the typical female nefesh items of discussion in nefesh culture is problems with the vessel that's providing for me. Oh, I'm having an issue. There's not enough. The bread isn't coming. The money isn't coming. Oh, but not enough bread, but not enough money uh, to raise the babies. Not enough, not enough money to have the, the nest, right? The mother bird wants to make the nest. They'll talk about, because this is how we're building our nest homes, right? This is how we're decorating the nest. This will be comfortable for the babies. This will be comfortable for my family. This is Nefesh culture. Nesting, creating environments. Scary accuracy. I can tell they're spooked out already by yeah. how much you know. <laughs> Truth anyhow. And so problems, I'm having issues. My The, um, the intimacy of the vessel that's supposed to be bringing pure emanations of Shekinah glory through Yasad, there's darkness. I can't be open to receive the emanations from the male vessel. I can't feel safe to open up because the male vessel has lust or is messaging other you know, women in their inbox. And even though there's not anything technically wrong there, somehow she knows in the intuition that their invisible man is fornicating together. So the spirit of the person, especially if it's a spiritual woman, knows that spiritually she's being cheated on, even though externally he looks like he's perfect. Mm. And so the, the the horror and the pain that the female... That is real mm, adultery, man. Yeah. Matthew 5. And the issue is is the vessels partaking in the sin, at that point, usually the, the conscience is scarred to the point they can't tell what they're doing or would defend it because of demonization. But oftentimes, if the female nefesh, they feel something's wrong. So if it's confronted, it only causes more chaos, confusion, and pain, and attacking each other, self-defense, because both vessels are going to be likely very contaminated by different uh, demonization at different levels. 
So you're dealing with a whole nest of not just what God wants to do in your life, but uh, demon nests in the mind, in the heart, and in the spirit. The spirit's not even all the way clean. So you're dealing with a lot. That's why you need to give each other a lot of grace. You're coming out of hell. It's true. Christian so, hell. You're coming out of Christian hell. Amen. And so it's like, uh, then the female nefesh can't receive pretty much anything. Instruction is going to be very easy to fault find or cannot have true intimacy because the ultimate desire for female nefesh, even though if she doesn't understand how to articulate it, is for the nefesh and the ruah of the soul and her spirit to have intimacy with those layers of the male vessel also cleansed and perfect. It should be perfect Shekinah glory, which is nourishing, comforting. It feels safe. And when that's not there, it's not provided, she's going to feel not provided for no matter how much money you give her, no matter how, no matter how many gifts you give, no matter how hard you try to avoid pornography or talking to other women. Uh, if it's not sanctified, there's a lack felt there. And so that causes pain. So female nefesh culture is often the female nefesh talking amongst, amongst each other about their pain points, dealing with the male vessel and where their lack of receiving Shekinah glory is from the male vessel. But they don't understand the issue underlying why that happens. So when they just go to the nefesh groups, that's why women's groups, the hen house, men know to stay away from the hen house, right? Everyone knows. It's a very scary place, right? Everyone's like scary. Like, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> it's a scary, it's a horrifying place because it's a nest of demons. Mm. Or like, you know, women, if you go by, you see a group of male nefesh and they have that like predatory kind of look. You're like, oh, that's dangerous. Stay away mm. from oh, that. Yeah. Because it's demonic. It's demonic. And when they come together in one accord, hallelujah, we're all on the same page. Yeah, animals can demonic. sense that inherently. Yeah. They yeah. say creepy vibe. Yep. So we, we say good creeper. vibes only, you know. Got so, that stalker vibe. So even though it's not inherently a bad thing to want to nourish your family and raise your kids and voice to your friends to pray for your male vessels in your life that aren't functioning properly, it's much easier to see the problems with the other side than with the self. Mm. So it's the female nefesh a culture that also has to be dashed to pieces. You're going to have to become in the army of the Lord, but not in a beat yourself up or be, be beat up by an angry male mm -mm. nefesh. It's the sanctification on sapphire stones, which comes with the healing of all those wounds. So instead of the issues and the problems and just talking about, my husband won't do this. Oh, I can't believe it. You know, you have to pray for your family, mm -hmm. but you have to go up and raise a standard so that you can help them. And when you get those layers sanctified, the female vessel will be pure and full of Shekinah glory and can nourish properly. And then the male nefesh vessel can emanate the glory of God in holiness, in wisdom, in purity, and provide without the sorrows that come along mm -hmm. with demonic provisions. And, and the children can be healed. Amen. The children can be healed. The parents is poor fresh glory into the kids as the parents mm -hmm. begin to repent and really walk in holiness and in the river of life and in the mountain of the Lord and the secret stairway. It'll pour into your children 
constantly. You, we know from all of the teachings, children will just mimic their mothers and fathers and their behavior, their words, their actions, and they'll do it even with your spirit unknowingly. They'll do it with your spirit, your soul, and your flesh. All three parts of you will be copycatted by children automatically. Mm-hmm. So when your spirit, soul, and flesh are getting true training mm-hmm. from righteousness and supernal Jerusalem and sapphire mm-hmm. stones and angels, and you begin to walk in Shekinah, mm-hmm. your kids will walk in Shekinah as it's written, mm-hmm. train up a child in the way in which you should go. And when they're older, they won't depart mm-hmm. far from it. Well, what are they not departing far from? The narrow path. But why does the path to destruction, many find it, that's all just carnal religion mm-hmm. that pretends to be Christianity, but you're not actually on the path because it's not Elijah, it's not the river, it's not the mountain, it's not the stairway, it's just demons. And the worst demons are the charismatic Christian demons called the false prophet of Revelation. And mm-hmm. most the charismatic church is in that realm. Now this is the worst mm-hmm. thing I've ever seen and how the enemy just like in the Old Testament, put the covenant people in Egypt. Egypt in prophetics means hell. Okay, Egypt in true prophetics means hell. Oh, big ant. Consider ants. Yep, we're working with the ants. Thank you, Solomon. Big ant right there. Egypt in prophetics means hell. So how did the Clippeth and the high-ranking supernal sorcerers outside the city gates of supernal Jerusalem put... American, European, Australian, first world nation, second world nation, third world nations, Christians in Egypt. So I'm not in Egypt. You're in Egypt. That's the problem. And you're in denial. Mm -hmm. We're going to expose it and help you out of Egypt and come on the mountain and be there and do all the different things necessary to get totally clean from Egypt. And all the seven Mm -hmm. nations that need to be decimated in the promised land, they correspond to things in you in ranks and categories of demon spirits and lies and actions of your body participating in sexual morality, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life, and all the categories of the demonic, you will deal with it. And it won't be all at once. It will be gradually. As is written, Satan will put some of you in prison 10 days, endure to the end, and get the crown of life. Well, Satan just means demons. So if there's an area of your life where there's demonic bondage, mm-hmm. you are in prison. Why is it only 10 mm-hmm. days? Because as soon as you get the revelation and the wisdom and change the action, the thought life, the behavior through true biblical repentance, you're no longer incarcerated in bondage or in prison in that area of your life. Amen. Let's take a look at the clip. With. This is really good. Part of the, the problem sometimes with some of these kids, and we've addressed this before. Uh, but it's good to just briefly review this. When you're generating offspring, it begins with conception. And not even that, you were a spark of an idea in the father's mind before he created you also. You were a thought in his heart. So that's the origins of creation. So what happens when the male and the female and the flesh come together to generate offspring, what the mind and the will is centered on in that season of your life and in that moment, right? It's the things that you have in that season and the things that you focus on in that moment that affect what type of a soul, what quality of soul comes down. So, and there's also, you know, the bloodlines too. So it's always bloodlines and star seeds. 
right? Whereas by that we mean the sapphire stones, which have the portals written in the Book of Enoch that the stars come through. Star seeds. Yes. Oh uh, yeah, for all the star seed people. You know, people go into New Age. They're like, "What's my star seed? What's my star seed?" Well, probably severely limited under the stars, because you're not walking as a cosmic Jew of cosmic righteousness above the stars in the Book of Enoch. It's been known for yeah, generations. All sperm is star seed. Yeah. All sperm of all nations is all star mm-hmm. seed. That's right. Truth and ill. Amen. So what happens with the flesh, when you're born in the flesh, the limitations of your existence have to do with your bloodline, with the blood and the stars. So let's take a look at this. You know, otherwise they wouldn't have had all those worshiping of stars, pyramids, covenants with fallen stars, fallen angels. They did those things. You know, if you look at the royals all around the world, they're really picky about their bloodlines. You know, even some of the famous people in their songs, they will say wicked things like, uh, you know, they want to fornicate with someone in the song. Like a, one of the famous ladies, I think it might have been Taylor Swift or something like that, or Ariana Grande. There's a couple of years ago I looked at their lyrics to something because when I see a name of a song that's charted, we'll come back, we come to, back to that. When I see a name that's in a chart somewhere and it's being propagated heavily, sometimes I would go and investigate. Oh, what are they? What's in the what's the programming, you know? Mm-hmm. I want to see what they're programming Red, the people black, with. Red, black, white, Kabbalah. It's yeah. always something. Right, because television and radio programming, right? It's all programming. So I'm like, oh, what programming are they putting out? So I would go through and, and read to see what their programming is. So then I can see, okay... What is my programming? What am I going to actively choose to program myself and to release to others in the holiness and the righteousness? What's the counter to that? Because whatever the enemy is doing, it's going to be on the opposite of what we're doing or what we should be doing, right? We shouldn't be doing what the enemy is programming. I don't think yet the body of Christ understands Mm -hmm. the difference between black, red, white, Clippeth Kabbalah mm-hmm. and the holy righteous Kabbalah of Jesus Christ and his apostles. I believe because that foundation is not in mm-hmm. most Christians' hearts, they can't discern wickedness from righteousness. Mm-hmm. They just say all Kabbalah is the devil. Right? right? Am I right? That's where most people are at. So what we're saying is now separate sorcery from righteousness. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. So uh, the point of this one is the interesting programming in the song that was being put out a couple years ago, really popular song. It mentions something about the girl wanting to fornicate with a man, but not generate offspring with him. And I understand that it's very important to them to have a specific type of bloodline that they want to propagate. Right? It's all bloodlines. And starseed. So when it comes to the wicked rich elite, they want certain bloodlines to mix together. But if you're if you have a lower elevation, they don't want to mix. Well Nikolai Tesla mm-hmm. said if you want to find the mysteries of the universe, look no further than DNA and energy. DNA and energy. What's DNA? Sperm. What's energy? Light. Stars. Star sperm. Star seed. Nikolai Tesla. Truth and Alright. And uh, so we can look at this one here. So 
When you're going to generate offspring, the thought that's in the mind, what star is ruling over you at that time? So just for an example, let's take a decent Christian man and woman, but the man is focused on money that season, right? And the, what does the Bible say? If you're so focused on money, the light can't come in there, right? Mm. So it's a light blocker. So look at Mammon there in the mid right hand side. If that season of his life, I can't afford another so, kid. You know, hear that a lot of time from Nefesh. It's I can't always, afford a kid. It's always Mammon. Mammon. Lilith. Oh my gosh, where do we even begin? Belphegor. Mm -hmm. Laziness. I, I'm, I'm too lazy to take care of a kid. <laughs> yeah. Pan would be too confusing. Molech had to sacrifice him in Bohemian Grove. Right. Oh, that one went over well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Satan, Clippeth, Keter. Oh, yeah. We'll just dedicate him to Lucifer, Satan. Maybe he'll be a good priest and of the Satanic Order. King Charles of England. Right. Get the right bloodline, marry them to the right person, generate the offspring. And this is them. exactly what you're dealing with mm -hmm. in the nations right now. So we need to mm -hmm. consume wickedness. Right. So let's just, you know, we know on the extreme level, those kinds of high wicked places, they're doing these things. A lot of people know about those, uh, know about that these days, at least in part that that's how they that's how they live. There's more and more exposed things on them, but just normal trying to be a good pr Christian, trying to be praying, trying to be, you know, you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, <laughs> but you're worried about finances, and it takes your mind, it consumes your mind, like how am I going to provide for my family, or I know I'm supposed to be making more, and you look at Mammon here, hmm. and so let's say, let's just pretend that I'm the demon in charge of that person's family. Uh, I'm, I'm overlording to make sure everything is going good. Um, i got to report back to a higher source. All right, well, so I'm looking here at their timeline. We're getting close to the time where they're going to be generating offspring. So this is on the timeline they're on right now, and you know it's, it's organized stuff. We're coming up in that time, so that should be coming up soon. Let's make sure, before that happens, that the male is offering his blood on the sacrifice on the altar to Mammon. Totally. That will block light from getting into that soul. So even though this soul is destined to be great in the kingdom of God, and they have a great destiny that could ruin our plans in the earth, so let's make sure there's so much idolatry in the man and the woman, idolatry and immorality, are one and the same, two heads of the serpent, so that there's minimum light. And not only that, that's going to harm the health of the child. So they're going to spend so much time worried about their health their whole life, they probably won't even walk into their true destiny. Mm -hmm. That's how demons think. That's how mm -hmm. the Clippeth is always conjuring its magic arts to oppress and control human beings for 6,000 mm -hmm. years. And most, uh, nobody knows about how this works so they don't even worry about it they just continue overlording over the people the same way they've always done and they're like oh easy no problem uh just grab somebody to tempt them or just grab a hooker and a lamborghini and a ferrari and this and that or just some people are really easy to tempt just uh, you could just oh yeah is it just nothing it's like nothing girls gold and glamour and they're gone forever they're like twenty dollars <laughs> and you know mm. in it 40 pieces and, of a, and a ten dollar sheen outfit that she bought on it or bought on Amazon, you know, ten dollar outfit. This we'll give her buy on Amazon, and there now he's lusting, and now 
He's worried about money. A prostitute can be had for a loaf of bread, but she will cost you your very mm. soul into Sheol, it is written. And so what they'll do is they'll get the man to, to sacrifice his blood to mammon by worrying about money. And the more he worries, the more he sins, the more he sins, the more there's less and less light. So he's in sin. Then he continues to worry and sin and fear. And there's more demonic contracts there. And then when he's already on the altar to mammon, then they send in the prostitutes, right? Or the women with the prostitute spirits on them or the head turner demons, right? You know, you feel like they, they try to jerk your head to look at them. Uh, so that you can lust after them. And if they get that lust, they have the right to steal out of your wallet. So now, not only is he in contract with Mammon, unknowingly, he just thinks he's, you know, somewhat holy, somewhat righteous, but worried about finances. Then there comes the cute girls, and now he's looking at them, and he's like, oh, I didn't, you know, he doesn't want to, but he has no power over them because he doesn't know the blood of Jesus. He doesn't know the sapphire stones. So he's praying, he's praying, he's trying, and then just can't, and then... There goes the wallet. Now he's really devastated because he's in sin, feels guilty, can't stop lusting. And now the money is guaranteed to be stolen because he's on contract to Satan and he gave his eyes away to the lust spirit. So now the money's not there. And that's this is how it works. This is the back of house uh, workforce of the demonic kingdom. And you have monitoring spirits just to check to make sure everything is going according to their plan and it gets way more detailed than this but that's just a very basic uh, simple thing they do get very high level demonic intelligence the higher you go up but honestly for most people and even most Christians it doesn't take a lot just a little grunt work and a few bucks Oh yeah, well, and on the bright side, <laughs> on that dark note, if you're going to generate offspring, instead of just looking at those the items, end, as the end, as in darkness is my closest friend. <laughs> we'll see you guys Tuesday. And they all died. <laughs> oh no, you're not allowed to die. You're... No, man. But uh, this is a great exposure of all sorcery's works, because the Bible says that at the end of the age, you'll be dealing with the potent sorcery of Babylon the Great. And I have been in Christianity and full-time ministry 18 years. I haven't heard anyone teach accurately of what the potent sorcery of Babylon the Great is. And so Christians, for the most part, are ignorant of the clippeth, ignorant of supernal evil, where principalities, powers, thrones, dominion, spirits of wickedness is in heavenly places and how it works so that you cannot win no matter how much you love Jesus. Oh, yeah, the Holy Spirit wanted to add... Look at the picture one more time. The Holy Spirit wanted me to add one more thing. We, I don't talk about this usually. But when you no longer are perishing for lack of knowledge, you begin to win and recognize the works of the enemy. But like, not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. Sapphire Worlds? Uh, no, the clippeth one more time. The Spirit wanted me to mention this. I don't think we've taught on this one yet, but Jezebel's Tower has a structure like this. It's just a smaller version of it. So imagine this pattern, and that's Jezebel's Tower, is also made up of the same pattern, but it's in Malkut. So when you're coming out of Malkut, mm. out of Black Malkut, you're coming out of the influence of Jezebel's Tower, which is arranged in a similar pattern to this. Absolutely. So, so accurate. Okay. That's good. Amen. And that's why most people never make it out of the earth. Mm-hmm.
But if you sanctify those levels that we but just looked at... But you can do it. It's not even yeah. hard. You just need correct, accurate teaching and understand the tools that are already given to you from Jesus Christ and the angels that are already with you. And you just start walking the path and it gets really fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to share a prophetic tool with you guys to overcome the lust of the eyes. Mm-hmm. This is for women and for men. This is a tool that I have used successfully to rise on sapphire stones and to overcome the temptation of the eyes. I'm going to tell you this works. And I also want to mention, or, you know, some of the male nefesh you might think, well, how is that going to help me? You have female nefesh. You don't understand my struggles. You have to understand, when I went through the rituals that I went through in hell, and my elevations in hell, when I had leadership in the enemy kingdom, because of my covenants with demons and the sacrifices that I made, that I used my authority at the time to empower the demonic kingdom. So I was actually granted the ability and power to lust to the same measure that a male nefesh can lust. So I understand, and probably much more than any of you have an, have an idea of, actually. So. I got to experience, in my own wickedness, the full extent of male and female lust. Alright, I won't go any deeper on the detail in that, but that it's important for you to understand this works for male and female. Amen. Okay? So, I want you to envision, you know the Achaean's picture of Jesus Christ? The one that she made when she was eight? Does everyone know that picture by now? Yeah. So go ahead and just close your eyes, and I want you to imagine on this screen, on the kind of on the left here, you have Jesus Christ, that painting that Akian made of Jesus. And he's looking at you, and you're looking at him. Look right in his eyes. You see his hair, you see his white robe, you see his face, his nose, his ears, his eyes, his eyebrows right there, you see that? Now just behind him, over him, up and to the right a little bit, up and to the right a little bit there see the white dove see the white dove but with wings like a wingspan more like an eagle white and watch those wings flap going up gently up and down just flapping just like really gently really slowly but intentionally spark and sparkling white shekinah glory coming out of the wings of the dove Jesus' eyes are looking right at you. And those gentle movements of the wings of the white dove emanating those sparkling, glittering Shekinah glory, and it's going into your eyes. And just look at him, look at the dove, look at the glory coming out of the dove. Let the, let the angels help you see the vision. Let the Holy Spirit, I pray, Holy Spirit, let that vision be burned into their minds permanently mm. in their memory. You see that? And you look at his eyes, look at him, and then look at the dove and look at that Shekinah glory. Just sparkles of purity beaming, just like little orbs of light into your eye, into your eyes. Isn't that wonderful? Anytime my eyes are assaulted with the enemy, with the flesh of the nefesh, male or female. Look at that picture. 
If you're driving, you can do it with your eyes open using your imagination screen. If you're in a place, you can close your eyes and just look at him. And just as viciously as they attacked you, now you concentrate and look at him. Look at that image exactly. His eyes and then the dove. You have dove's eyes. And that Shekinah glory of purity pours in. And what that does is it's like soap, those little bubbles like soap, like Shekinah, like sparkles, like glory, shimmering. And it washes and cleanses your imagination. So if you saw someone walk by your path, you're like, oh, that was a demonic assignment. You might want to ask yourself if the demonic assignments are showing up. I know there's certain ones you have to encounter to overcome tests, but there are ones that you don't have to encounter. Don't let them just throw anything on your path if that's not a test that you have to pass at that time in that season, that confrontation. What do we learn with Joseph and his preening in the mirror? Be very humble when you get ready for the day so that Potiphar's wife ain't coming your way. <laughs> Amen? But there are times and heights where you're going to have to do a confrontation of the eyes. And when that time comes, you use this prophetic tool of gazing into the eyes of Jesus, into the glory of the pure white dove coming into your eyes. It will completely incinerate the vision of that flesh that tempted you out of your brain, out of your mind. <laughs> Amen. Amen. As it's written, go and wash. You have to wash in Torah of the Holy Ghost and the blood and the water of Jesus Christ's speared side. For the blood and the water of Jesus Christ's spirit side, which purchases salvation, is inside every word of Torah. And since the blood and water of Jesus is in the word you engage in, it demolishes every impulse of the flesh from Satan and his angels. So when you learn how to engage in Torah, which is reading the word by faith, you're allowing the Shekinah, the dove through Jesus the word to blast Satan through the window to your soul called the eyes also the ears also the touch gates and the word gets into your nostrils how through the breath in your mouth so the Ruach HaKadosh is the breath of life that's cleansing all your senses continuously if you're engaging in Torah mm. Amen. Amen. That's so good. go and wash means go and clean with the word and the contents of the word are always the blood, the water, and the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, you're not actually even reading the Bible. You're probably getting into the devil because you're not engaging in what Torah is. Like who would read the dead letter? Well, we don't know. Well, you have to learn. So after you're born again, you have to learn the word. Well, what is the word? It's the container of the blood, the water, and the spirit of Jesus Christ. And if your brain doesn't agree with that, well, then you have no nutrients for the born-again part of you, right? Clearly written in Scripture. You don't have nutrients. You can't develop strength, might, in the inner man, as is written. You have superhuman energy that he mightily enkindles and works within you, Colossians chapter 1. But you don't have that superhuman energy, that more-than-conqueror energy hypernike in, in Greek. You won't even have that unless you know what's in the Word. You go to the Word with a bad attitude, saying this is my daily duty so I can blame God when it doesn't work because you're demon-possessed, idiot. Listen, man, when you begin to engage through faith instead of doubt and unbelief, and you get the devils off your head and you come to eat like the sheep of his sheepfold, he's the great shepherd of who? Those who eat his pasture. What's his pasture? Scripture. Only Scripture. But 
some people read scripture and they just start glowing. Other people read scripture and they like start shriveling up and dying. The fragrance of life to the living, the fragrance of death to the dying. What's the issue? Your heart. Your heart. Does your heart love him? Does your heart hunger for him? Does your heart thirst for him? If your hunger thirsts for righteousness, you get satisfied. If your hung if your heart is just like, let's get this over with so I can go lust. Let's get this over with so I can go make money and blame God when I don't get my way. Let's get this over with. And it's like God judges the thoughts and intentions of our heart. Hebrews 4.12, it is written, but we don't let him judge the thoughts and intentions of our heart. We guard our hearts from him. So the first step after you're born again is keeping your heart open to eat the pasture of the great shepherd's word. Otherwise, your spirit man will never be stronger than your soul man or your flesh man. Amen. Amen. My Vedashama is going crazy right now. Uh-huh. Got to teach exciting? the sheep how to engage in the supernal pasture land mm. of written Torah or the scriptures. New yes. Testament is the written Torah of Jesus Christ. Old Testament is the written Torah of Moses. You're singing two songs as an overcomer in the supernal mountain of Zion. Revelation 15, the song of Moses. Old Testament Torah. All of it. The prophets as well, because the prophets just expound on Moses. It's Moses and the prophets. The prophets expound on the first five books of the Old Testament. So you have the epistles in the New Testament that expand on the first five books of the Torah of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Acts are the Torah of Messiah King Jesus Christ. And then you have the prophets or the apostles, because they're all both. And if you're an apostle, a real apostle, you'll have to be 100% prophetic all the time. Otherwise, there's no life in you. Mm-hmm. Truth, anyhow. An apostle, a true apostle, is the maturity of the true prophetic. Otherwise, we say, well, I'm only an apostle, not a prophet. No, you're a Christian witch. And that's usually how it is, because they have apostle on their name tag or on their ministry title and all this stuff. But it's not actually the function of the sapphire stones, so they're all immature apostles. I wouldn't even say they're false apostles because that's not even accurate. Most of them are called to the apostolic. God wants everyone in the apostolic. The issue is true maturity in Elijah, in written Torah, in oral Torah of Jesus Christ, new covenant Torah, and then obedience and submission to the kings of those realms. And if Elijah is not the master of your domain, of your house, your vineyard, and everything in your life yet, well, you're you're failing miserably on the first rung called earth. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of earth. That's the valley that you learn to pass your tests in the lowest rung after you're born again. Then you get to the mountain, you pass your tests on the mountain. Then you get to the stairway, you pass your tests on the stairway. These tests are what? Will I choose the clippeth, the fall, or will I choose God? So you're tested in the valley continuously. Am I just going to get lazy and just choose video games and food and microwave dinners? Or am I going to engage in Torah and and actually move forward today so I don't go around the mountain, but I make progress towards it? And that's where 99% of you are. 99% of you aren't even on the mountain. It's like getting to the mountain of Carmel and Calvary through constant obedience and works in the river that flows through the valley. It's it's not a bad place to even be. I was in the river for like 20 years in the valley, okay? And I'd go into the mountain too. I'd have mountaintop stuff and I'd go back down the valley. Jesus ascended on the mountain every single morning. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John then came back down into the valley. You will see the Son of Man ascending, ascending, as, and descending as you see the angels ascending and descending. Why? Because he's following the copy in heaven with his own life, Right? Mm. Truth, anyhow. 
So you're learning how to go up and then come down. It doesn't mean that you backslide when you come down. It's like, feed my sheep, Peter. Feed my sheep, as is written. Feed my sheep. So you go up and you go down. So now your children are your sheep. You feed them. You go up into heaven, have your, your highs and Shekinah, and you stay. It's not like you come down and backslide. But when you come out of your prayer closet and you have all this Shekinah from encountering God, you can now feed everyone in your life the light of heaven, of the Word of God, through your actions, your emotions, your feelings, your attitudes, and all of it is life-giving. Truth, anyhow, you live by the fruit of your lips and not the sweat of your brow every day until it's perfected valley, mountain, and stairway. Amen. Amen. One of the reasons you may have noticed the financial testing and pressure leading up into these days corresponds with the positioning of the apostles on sapphire stones in the realm of the eyes in the realm of Bina Hakma in the realm of finances said and Gevra but also today is the first day of America's number one Christian wealth creation event in Minneapolis oh, interesting. and so the apostles <laughs> are passing the test yeah and uh, wow, the finances that. of righteousness. I've been looking forward to this day That's for the last month or so. That's stuff today, guys. Dealing with it in Southern California. Yeah. If you only knew. And so there, there is a judgment right now that is go- going down through sapphire stones. In both kingdoms, kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan, there are things that are shifting and happening right now in the realm of finances that is why it is exceedingly Mm. important that the men in minneapolis Mm. guard their eyes if you have been felt like you've been attacked recently by the spirits of lust through the eyes that is not on accident i promise you that I, i said it last month i said it the months before you guys you guys prevented financial economic disaster with your dedication to purity they're trying to do it again we've We've got prophetic this confirmation month well. this month as well. They're trying to, you know, I saw, you know, on the news and the gym, they were kind of trying to push it again a little bit. But when I look in the invisible realm, mm. I saw the plans. So we need time for the men to yeah. do a water fast from tonight to Monday for the purging of Satan and his Satan's mm-hmm. lust from all mm-hmm. our eyes. Yes, and Minneapolis is Natural Realm Front Lines as well. So if you're connected with RLM online and you're watching, where your your money is, there your heart is also. So you're a tither, that means you're on the front lines. Thank you. Yeah, truth Uh, in you. So if you're a frontline soldier, especially the men, just like he said, if you are able to do fasting this weekend, to whatever measure you're able to fast, that is going to be serious damage to the kingdom of hell's plans. what they've been planning against you, against your families, against your finances. They're coming for your pocketbook, man. That's right. They're coming for your wallet. So next time you see the spirit of a whore. That'll motivate you to get serious. Next, a lot of you. Yeah. Next time you see the spirit of a whore <laughs> walk by your path using some per- young person they don't know. They they don't forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. But just say, not my wallet. Not today. Just No. Yeah. Not today. Not You're not getting my wallet. Not today. If the lust can get into your eyes, it's... it's steals finances 100% of the time. So the demons know exactly what they're doing. So they want to keep you down through lust. If you continue sinning, they have legal right 
to your lives. I don't care how much blood of Jesus you plead in the oil. Repentance unto life, it is written, which means you got to get into the river through your eyes, through your hearts, through your mouths, through your brains, through your flesh, and make progress against those demons. Mm-hmm. Right. Amen. So we have that picture. I gave you the prophetic tool tonight, right? We did. We practiced. If you need to get a picture of Jesus, that painting from Akian, mm-hmm. put it on your phone. Put it on. I put it on your screensaver, in the background, and you know have use. They're using whatever they have. And Use if, whatever you and have. And if lust is able to take root through your eyes and then cause masturbation and pornography later on through the entrance of the eyes, it means there's not enough Torah of the blood and the right. water and the Shekinah of Jesus Christ's word going into your eyes. There's no other thing, no other provision for the prevention of lust given by God other than Torah. And Torah annihilates the impulse of the flesh. But if you are not engaged in Scripture, Old Testament Mm -hmm. and New Testament, you have zero chance of success. Right. And so let's do a quick review for that. What's your defense for the eyes? The Word. The Word of God. But not just the Word of God. What did we talk about? Mm. has to be done enthusiastically. That's right. So get some enthusiasm. Your spirit man. It's because the armor of God is your spirit man mixed with the Word and the blood and the water and the Holy Ghost. So putting on the full armor of God is putting on the full armor of the Word. Let's only put on through your spirit first. So if your spirit is not hungry and thirsty and it's just a soulish carnal activity, which is a religious activity, you don't even have armor, even if you Mm -hmm. spend eight hours a day in the Bible, which means it first has to be from the born again part of you. That's why we say lay hands on your belly and work with the God inside minded part of you, even mm-hmm. if you only feel, you know, the, the Taco Bell from earlier this afternoon or something. It's a step in the direction of becoming God inside minded so that out of your spirit, even though your brain doesn't get it, your spirit is more intelligent than your flesh. Even if it's dormant underneath your brain, like 12 inches. Okay. So your spirit's smarter than your soul and flesh. The spirit part of you carries Yadevave. When you're born again, there is a seed, a sperm, a God sperm genetics of Yadevave in your bellies. Out of your belly will flow the rivers of the anointing of the anointed one. For who? Those who believe. So Jesus, on the last day of the feast, stood up at the high place and said, All who are thirsty, come and drink. John 7, 37 and 38. Which means there has to be a thirst, there has to be a God-inside-mindedness, there has to be a coming and a drinking and a satisfying on Jesus, the Word who stood up in the high place at the time of the tabernacles of David. It was the Feast of Tabernacles. And so if you wanted to tabernacle in the Shekinah of the Messiah, you had to have a thirst, you had to be God-inside-minded, you had to be filled. And anything else in you prevented you to become a tabernacle of the son of David. You're a tabernacle of Moloch and Remphan. Some tabernacled with Jesus. As is written, we will follow you. You are the Messiah. Who else should we follow? You alone have the words of life. But a lot of them did not tabernacle with Messiah. A lot of them tabernacled continuously with religious spirits, even when Messiah was trying to save them with every word of his mouth as pure love. So the issue is your heart being a tabernacle either of the demons or religious spirits or the selfishness and the greed of the clippeth or being willing to sacrifice all, go sell, come and follow and become a real disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. 
in that there in there lies the desire to fight away the lust demons regardless of whether or not god gives the increase in your wallet mm, it's true because we're not fighting for mammon Mm-mm. we're fighting for jesus yeah, the reward the reward is important and it is a motivating factor I'm not going to lie. Yep. God puts rewards he out does. because he wants to motivate you. He's a perfect father. Fathers give rewards for good children doing getting A's in school. That's good. You need to reward good behavior. The father is the best father of all fatherhood. So there are rewards. Truth anyhow. And they are huge rewards. Some of these rewards you can't even imagine, but the greatest gifts God the Father has for you. But... Most of the rewards are behavior, attitude, and spirit quality based. He can't reward rebellion. He can't reward the abuse of grace. Oh, grace abounds, grace abounds. He rewards repentance and change mm. of attitude, change, change of heart. heart. Let's look at the clip off here. Let's take a look. So let's say we got a Lilith demons, uh, Something from Lilith or something from Jezebel, something from a demon low ranking under them, they're sending that kind of a horse spirit to attach to someone, head turner demons. Now, if you're viciously defending your eyes for the love of that demon over there, Mammon, mm. God does not have to give you the increase. Yeah. Yeah, come on, get it. If that's the only reason, like, go for the reward, but let's be honest. If that's the only thing that's going to motivate, mm, right. God doesn't have to give you... Now, I'll give you another secret. Uh, th- this is one of the mysteries on Sapphire Stones. When it comes to the timing and the increase of God, whether he's going to give you a new house, a new apartment, a new car, a new bracelet, a new watch, uh, clothing, uh, husband, wife, whatever it is, you bring yourself, if you can bring yourself... To the point of loving God, loving Jesus within you, to where you no longer have an opinion one way or the other. Oftentimes we have preferences. Well, God's will be done, but this is my preference. That's that's not bad. That's like 30-fold, maybe 60-fold. This is so good. But if you bring yourself to the point, even if God doesn't give me the thing, the money, the watch, the husband, the wife, the new job. I will ferociously defend the holiness in these eyes because this is a temple of Jesus Christ and he is worthy. And even if I have to stay in the same place in the same apartment for the next thousand years fighting viciously, even if nobody else joins us, we will fight until the very end until the king returns. And just to hear those words, well done good and faithful servant don't you want to hear those words when it came between him and the whore walking by your path when it came to him or the demon of mammon trying to run your life giving you rewards he chose him and that's the day that you're going to be so glad you made the choice today when you see him face to face and everyone sees him in the flesh and his flesh and bone you will see him. 
What are you going to wish in that moment then that you did now? You can change your fate. You can change your destiny by simply deciding today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts like they did in the rebellion, but choose him. And then that timeline begins to alter, begins to change as you go up sapphire stones and that flow of destiny, Shekinah glory from above coming down, meeting Shekinah glory below within you, empowering you to rise into a higher calling, which was what was originally intended for you to walk in. And that's when every one of those areas of your soul will be satisfied apart from the influence of the Klippeth. Mm. Wonderful. Yeah, you serve God. No other idols. Have no other gods besides me. Where? Upon your heart and upon your mind, I will write my word. So, if you don't have idols, guess what? Each day when you engage in the word, there's more inscriptions. And through the word, that means there's more Jesus. There's more purity. There's more holiness. And the word is your instruction. Basic instructions before leaving earth. B-I-B-L-E. The Bible. Well, it's time to become cosmic Christians. He wants you to leave earth while you're still alive. Philippians 3.11. I've become the living amongst the dead. The spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me up out from among the dead, even while in the body, yeah. it is written. So how does he lift us out from among the dead, even while in the body? Through the inscriptions on sapphire stones. Through the inscriptions on the ephod of the twelve gemstones corresponding to the stars in our solar system that are already in you that just need circumcision from the God of this world, the God of the old world, the God of the old heavens, and the God of the old earth. Satan and his angels is exactly what Jesus Christ called that whole system. Called them by name, exposed every single thing with simple teaching that wasn't very complex. It was very simple and it was very clear. There was no confusion in it and they really got crazy on them, didn't they? Crucify him, crucify him. They went nuts. Anyone that followed Messiah was excommunicated from the synagogue people. So when you get into true Jesus Christ, supernal righteousness, which is Jesus Christ Kabbalah wisdom, Jesus Christ Kabbalah wisdom is, will, is what will get you persecuted by all the charismatic church. But a lot of them will look for the secret stairway. That's why we use the Akiana stuff. It's not like he just wants the persecution. He doesn't seek misunderstanding. Those that seek shall find. This is why he gives us hints and clues through his prophets. Akiana, age 12, 10 years ago, drying out, going home. Jesus gave her the title of it. Let's go there. Let's look at it real quick. Because we want to win the charismatic and Pentecostal and glory stream church to the sapphire stones. We don't want you to be offended. We don't want you to misunderstand. God cares for you. He wants you to go higher. Some of these glory stream literally live on the top of the mountain, crucified lives. 
They hate lust. They hate pride. They do everything in their energy, time, and finances to obey Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and the glory of God. They honor the Shekinah glory. You have a lot of ministries, guys. Not a few, but a lot that are actually dedicated to serving Jesus Christ right there at the top of Calvary. You could call it Mount Calvary because that's exactly what it is. The people that have lived a crucified life that have gone from glory to glory on Mount Calvary. Now, where you begin to be challenged is when you zoom in. When you zoom in and start to see what's on the top of that mountain, that's Kabbalah. The book of Revelation is the Kabbalah of Apostle John. This is the Kabbalah of Jesus Christ through Apostle John, and you need to understand that. Because Kabbalah is Second Heaven's star path of lightning instruction. If you reject the book of Revelation being interpreted as Apostle John's Kabbalah that he received as oral Torah from Messiah King Jesus Christ, forget ever finding the stairway. You'll teach about it from a glory stream perspective, a charismatic perspective, something higher than you. You'll be hitting and missing, never really understanding any of it. But you know, it's a, some of that stuff, stars, constellations, and Job is in there. The sun, the bridegroom's chamber, Psalms 19. It, there's a lot of verses about it. But you'll never really understand. You'll never really teach it. You'll never experience it. Well, once you get into Jesus Christ Kabbalah, you experience it. This is the realest place of all real places in existence, and it's totally physical because the moon's physical. It's totally physical because Mercury and Mars and Jupiter and Venus and the sun, they're physical, real realms that correspond to real realms inside God's original design in man and woman's flesh. And when you go up the mountain, you already have the discipline in you of what it took to get up the mountain. So that's the discipline you'll need, guys, on the stairway. Every last drop, now listen to me, every last drop of discipleship, wisdom, experience that I had in the river of Elijah in the valley and on the mountain of Calvary, every last drop, the last 23 years before I stepped on the stairway last fall, it required that previous experience of wisdom in order to maintain the stairway rungs, the rungs of Jacob's ladder. If I didn't have the previous ingrained discipline for purity, righteousness, holiness, wisdom, all of it, all that training, just forget about it. I would have slipped off the first rung. I never would have made it to the moon. But because my foundation was so much of like 18 years, what is it, I don't know, 17 years of full-time glory stream prophetic ministry from 2006 to 2022, because my foundation was gigantic, I shot right up. I shot up like a tender shoot like Jesus, Isaiah 11. Why? Because I had the preparation. I was overdue. I was 10 years overdue. Bob Jones told me Minneapolis be a demon-free zone in 2012. Didn't happen. Why? Because the ladder, the Kabbalah, the oral tradition of the New Testament was blocked from, mm -hmm. from me for 10 mm -hmm. years in delay. We so, all had 10 years of delay. It was a 10-year yeah. delay from the principalities. That's and, why we came strong against that principality of delay this season. So thank you, everyone, who participated in that because there's not one person at the sound of my voice that has not been severely affected by that principality in the last 10, last 15 years. And if you're sensitive in the spirit, you know that. 
So it was 2008. I'm in Minneapolis. Bob Jones is at a church, and he says, full-time ministers, stand up. I stand up. He releases chariots. I see the chariots. They plow us over, impart gifts, and I'm just completely knocked out. Then he gets up after staring at me, didn't look at a single other person, 1,500 people at the church. True story, 2008. And he looked directly at me. Minneapolis, be a demon-free zone by 2012. The sun first spoke to me in 2008. I was on the beaches of Florida. And the sun is a creature. I have no training, no charismatic nothing. Just the voice of God speaking and the sun speaking to me as I was standing on the beach. And I went into this type of a vision of the future things to come. And I had the sensation of it, but I didn't understand it. Shortly after then, there was a 10-year delay. I got hit with a 10-year delay. I read um, something from Rick Joyner this year. And his, was it a book or his blog? I can't remember. But he expe- he also experienced a 10-year delay. So there, we had so like two to three witnesses of that 10-year delay. And that's why some of the prophecies you can see where the enemy struck so hard. Now, when, I think it was Bob Jones, yeah, Bob Jones had given a word for someone to build a studio and the exact dimensions and specific way it would be built, he gave it to them. Later on, they finally got it done and then they were talking to him in an interview. Why was it so crazy difficult to do Mm. that? You gave us the most specific instruction. And he said, this is how it works. The more specific the prophecy, it's because it's going to be that difficult. So you need it exactly. <laughs> that's how much interference there was going to be. Yeah. So that's kind of what we dealt with in that. Yeah. yeah. No, um, you can't deal with principalities unless you walk on sapphire stones. It's impossible. So uh, I had no, there's no one. Bobby Connor doesn't teach us stuff. Bob Jones alludes to it, but there was no teaching the greatest prophets in the universe, nobody taught this. And so that's why there was a 10-year delay. Well, in 2022, he started dealing with it as is written. He redeems the times. So now we're going back and fulfilling 2008, 2010, 2012, 2015, and beginning to fix this stuff because the sapphire stones are the only things that can fix the situation. Glory! Amen. Woo! So he redeems the times by (laughs) sephrotic decades of ascension. That's how Enoch was able to transfigure, even though it was before the time of the Messiah. Hmm. And if you are tuning in, if you are watching this video, and you are in or from the charismatic or the glory movement or the drunken glory movement, understand that the apostle... Brandon is not trying to attack you. He is trying to help you to go to the next level, the plan that God has for your life. And this is the season. This is the time. This is the kingdom age. Those kingdom age prophecies that you know some of them, you've heard about it. You might have sensed it in the spirit. He's trying to help you transition from church age to kingdom age because the enemy wants to say that maturity is anything else than heights on sapphire stones. No amount of suits and ties or hipster clothing, hallelujah. No amount of 
rabbinical clothing, no amount of Bible memorized, no amount of money in the bank account, no amount of pastoral experience, no amount of earthly wisdom, no amount of ability to orate great speeches, no ability to perform miracles and drive out demons, no amount of gifts of the Spirit, no amount of spiritual knowledge of mysteries, even of these realms, can make you any more mature than the heights of sapphire stones. Walking in it. This is the way. Maybe you know about it. Maybe you've heard Amen. about it. Now walk in it because Jesus Christ himself is the Holy Sephiroth. And that is the maturity of love. First Corinthians 13, 2 through 3. And if I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, and understand all the secret truths and mysteries and possess all knowledge. And if I have sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains, but not love. But if I have not love, God's love in me on sapphire stones. I am nothing, a useless nobody, even if I dole out all that I have to the poor in providing food. And if I surrender my body to be burned as a martyr, or in order that I may have glory, but have not love. God's love in me, I gain nothing. Because Jesus Christ himself is the Holy Sephiroth. And that is the maturity of love. Amen. Also known as Beth. Mitzvah and Bar Mitzvah, which is symbolic of maturity on sapphire stones. And what's interesting is that Akiena was in her spiritual bath mitzvah 12 years old when she drew this painting. Yeah. And Jesus was saying, this is where you need to go, Akiena. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so maybe she'll find out. Someday she'll find out. Yeah. Praise God. What's crazy is a lot of the vessels are totally ignorant of... Uh, the wisdom that comes from the Spirit. You see it often. I, I've seen probably just dozens and dozens and hundreds of prophecies where the prophet is completely ignorant of what they're saying and doing. It's just like a vessel. That's the difference really between a prophet and an apostle. Now you can be prophetic in sapphire stones and it's different in those dimensions and those elevations of maturity. But I have learned on the mountain the, the prophet will have the vessel just being used to give a, a prophecy that thus saith the Lord. And afterwards be like, oh, what did I say? The apostle has the interpretation and the action of what the prophet doesn't even know he's talking about. Because the, the prophet stood up and said, he bound himself with cords. And the owner who owns these ropes will be bound in like manner. And Paul says, dude. Knock it off. I'm going to Jerusalem anyhow, right? Because the apostle superseded the prophet and just rebuked him. Just rebuked him because he didn't know what he was talking about, had none of the wisdom. So that's why you, the prophets have to be submitted to the apostolic because the apostolic has the application. Without the application of the prophetic, you're as lost if you're prophetic or unprophetic. You just got a lot of prophetic crap. But it's good for nothing until you get the apostolic, which is the application of the prophetic. Truth, anyhow, that also corresponds to the stairway. 
So there's vision on the stairway. Well, what do I do with it? The apostolic, the maturing of the apostle on the stairway, on the sapphire stones, is managing the nations, managing creation, all of it. Every single aspect of society, don't matter if it's business, marketplace, government, military, economics, education, yeah, all seven mountains consumed by one mountain of the sephirot of the sapphire stones of Jesus Christ. When you walk on it through valley and mountain, river of life, best friends with Ruah HaKadosh Yadevave, Holy Ghost, obeying Him, engaging in the Word, repenting of all the valley sins, and then repenting of mountain sins. Absolute. You have to completely repent of stuff on the mountain, because you, on the mountain, you think you're really high, don't you? You think you're on the top of the world, like Elijah, I'm on the top of the mountain. Listen, he took up a whirlwind, and he went a lot higher than that freaking Mount Carmel, guys. He went up like 10 worlds. He was at the on one world down here. Now, his spirit was higher than that. But he was standing on the top of a mountain in the lowest world. When he went up in the whirlwind, he went up all 10 worlds. And there's 10. There's 10 worlds, as it's written in Hebrews 1-2. He created worlds, plural. World, Hebrews 1-2, he created worlds and arranged them in order. He arranged them in order. What's the supernal order of worlds? The order of Melchizedek. The order of Melchizedek is the arrangement of worlds. Truth, anyhow. So they're already in order in Jesus Christ. you got to get engrafted into Amen. his worlds and Amen. rebel of all the other ones you're in. Amen. Amen. I've got the verse right here for you. Hebrews 1, 2, Amplified Classic. But in these last days, he has spoken to us in the person of a son, whom he appointed heir and lawful owner of all things, also by and through whom he created the worlds and reaches of space and the ages of time and the ages of time <laughs> and the ages of time he made <laughs> produced, built, operated, and arranged them in order. Your inner worlds are being arranged in order, not the order mm. of the Klippeth, but the order of Melchizedek, Amen. of holiness, and you're going to take your business, yeah. and you're going to do with your business what God did with the world, because you are his son. House, vineyard, and family, all in the order of his worlds arranged in righteousness. Amen. You're going to take your business, and as he did, he made, produced, built, operated, holy operations, operated, and arranged them in Order, the order of Melchizedek upon your business. By Bam. you. Upon Bam. your workplace. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Arranged. So what happened? Got rearranged, didn't you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. your human nature, your nefesh, society, God of the old world, um, all kinds of crazy crap happened to all y'all. So now it's time to get it in order. You've mm -hmm. been rearranged by sin. Now it's time to be arranged by Yadevave. The order of his worlds is righteousness. It's walking on earth as a sapphire stone. Amen. <laughs> Can we go from uh, look at clip off and then right after that new worlds chart? Yeah. Like, um, 
your business is going to go from looking like this, your life looking like this, to being arranged in this mm -hmm. configuration. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's such a good, yeah. I feel fire come out of my forehead right now. Come on. Yes. You're going to have the world of absolute, the world of Berea, the holy world, absolute of Yetzirah, Berea of Yetzirah, Yetzirah of Yetzirah, Asaya of Yetzirah, world of Asaya, arranged, configured, in order. You're going to bring everything in your life into the apostolic order of the table. Mm-hmm of the bread and wine of Melchizedek, and you've got the bread and the incense protecting you from lust, defending your wallet, hallelujah. You're gonna have the order mm. of operations of the operations, angels released into your business, angels of relationship helps, released into your marriages, into your families, into your workplace, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thank you, Amen. Father. Angels being released, angels of operations for your business. Perfect organization, operations, management. Hallelujah. They know how to do it in heaven. We're going to learn how to do it on the earth. So this is the world of chaos, confusion, pride, lust, death. This is the world of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Choose this day what world you're going to be in eternally. See, when you bring the... Second heaven's supernal gospel, angel flying midair bringing the eternal gospel. This is the eternal gospel, which is a little different than your church age gospel because it's much more mature, much higher on sapphire stones. When the eternal gospel is preached angelically, like Rebecca and I do every day at Joel's Bar, it is a permanent incision between the clippeth and the sephirot. That's why in this generation, when the full gospel is preached from sapphire stones angelically in mid-heavens, mid-air, as is written in Revelation, you are choosing eternal clippeth or eternal sephirot, eternal wickedness or eternal righteousness, multitudes, multitudes in the valley decision, it is written, choose this day which worlds you will be in forever. And first comes the church, the house of God receiving judgment, for Christians have not heard the full gospel. They haven't heard the eternal gospel. You've heard partial gospels. Truth anyhow. Pentecostalism is a partial gospel. Charismaticism, partial gospel. Glory stream, partial gospel. Truth anyhow. Now that you're hearing supernal Jerusalem, Sephirotic, eternal gospel of sapphire stones, the church will have to choose, will I go into Clippeth? Or will I ascend worlds and learn righteousness? So judgment comes first to all born-again believers in the world. And that's what we're called and sent and chosen to do through broadcasting. That's what RLM TV, RLM Global, the vision is to separate the sheep from the goats in all Christendom worldwide. And that's as simple as bringing the eternal gospel as we do and having them decide clippeth or Sephirot. Amen. Amen. Glory. If the <laughs> blueprint is wrong, the product will be wrong. What is the product? That which was produced in the formation or in the Yetzirah. The formation of your product, of your business, is not going to be correct unless the blueprint is correct. Does that make sense? Let's say you want to build a Swiss watch. Mm -hmm. 
something so intricate and complicated mm. and detailed, I just, it's ridiculous. The amount of expertise needed, the amount of precision needed so that not one thing is missing. There's no room for, I was tired that day. I just, I guess I was just out of it. I, I forgot the one part. How many hundreds of thousands of dollars is that going to do in damage? Every piece must be precise. There is no room for error or that entire piece is completely ruined. How much more the human spirit, soul in all its layers, and body. If something is wrong. The blueprint is wrong. We looked at the clippeth. We looked at the sapphire stones. Part Can somebody grab me a drink? Of the formation. Please. Is the blueprint. And the world of the sapphire stone. Bless the Lord. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> Amen. The world on the sapphire stones that represents the blueprint is the world of Berea. Some of you are just going to need a download. Now all these things come down perfect and crystal clear through sapphire stones. So you can taste and see. There it's dripping down like a river of fire. Like Honey, like living water coming down through sapphire stones. So you can get the vision of it and begin to walk in it exactly where you are in the world and the rung on which you stand today while you hear his voice. My life isn't here for you to hear my voice. My life is here for you to hear his voice. His plan for your mm. life. Amen. His plan for the kingdom, the kingdom age. The kingdom age is mm. upon you now. You mm. can begin to walk in it now. You don't have to wait 10 years experience. You can walk in it now to the measure of grace that he has given. And that's what he expects of you. Mm. To walk faithfully in the measure that you've been given today. He's coming when? Today. And the Jewish scrolls and the stories they'd keep, they would always say, the Messiah is coming today. Mm, and then he'd come back and say, what are you talking about? I thought you told me Moshiach <laughs> is coming today. I, be, I told everyone in the whole town he's coming today. He didn't show up. Did you lie to me? I know Moshiach is not a liar. The Messiah is not a liar. I don't think you understood the Torah, young Rab. <laughs> yeah, that's a Rab. Today! If you hear his voice, that is your day of visitation. Mm. If you do not harden your heart. Mm. And these blueprints are being completed now in the realm of Berea. And as you rise into Berea, <laughs> as you rise into Berea, by the grace of God and the purity of wisdom and the love of all things holy. Pure dedication, whether the increase comes to you or not, as it is written by the prophet, whether the stable is empty or full, whether you have the grain 
or the olives. You have the increase whether you have it or not, whether it's in the barn or not. Yet I will praise him, yet I will praise him. Hallelujah. I will praise him, I will praise him. I will love the Lord, my God, with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind. And it doesn't matter all these things. And I know that his timing is perfect and the increase comes the timing of the Lord. But he is the one I love. He's the one I want. His gifts are coming down, Sapphire Stone says. You go up. The prayers go up. Your life becomes a prayer and you go up. Hallelujah. Don't wow. just send the prayers. What a ladder, huh? Hallelujah. <laughs> Every time you engage in Torah with your spirit, man, in love for Yadevave and his son Jesus Christ, guess what happens? You encounter Mashiach. You had a visitation. Jesus came. That's the coming of Messiah. It's, obviously, this physical coming was really special 2,000 years ago, but Scripture teaches it's a continuous parousia, which means a constant coming. So reading the Scriptures with that understanding is always the coming of Mashiach, Messiah. <laughs> so where do you encounter him? Every day when you engage in the written word with your spirit hungry for him in heaven. Come Amen. to me. Come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Rest for your weary soul. Rest for your willy, your willy pocketbook. <laughs> Your yeah. pocketbook. It's time to rest your phallus <laughs> on Christ crucified to death, men. Seriously, it's time to really repent of all forms of lust and false love strictly and seriously like you did guarding the wine of the drunken glory. Amen. That was the spirit of prophecy. Mm. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. There's Thank better God. wine above, as is written, he saved the best wine for last. You had great wine with John Scotland, with John Crowder and I, but there is even better wine above that you know not of. Come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. And the cat came over here. That's good obedience. This is really, really <laughs> high level of... Uh, Thanks. ministry tonight. I'm so thankful we can convey this clearly to you guys. There's circumcision going on supernally. And if you can receive it, all kinds of stuff can just be chopped off of your spirit, soul, mind, and flesh. Mm -hmm. And the impartation of Jesus Christ, spirit, soul, mind, and flesh will just come into you through every word from God. There's opportunity here to really grow in repentance tonight. Repentance means just go higher. Higher in the river, Higher in the valley, higher in the mountain, begin to see the stairway and then count the cost. You count the cost in the valley, you count the cost on the mountain, you also count the cost on the mountaintop. That's where the glory stream's at. They're on the mountaintop of earth. So it's time for the glory stream and the pinnacle of the charismatic church to count the cost of the stairway. Amen. Mm. 
whether or not the increase comes, I will give him praise. I will guard my eyes. I will obey my God. And I will have one God. The Lord my God is one God. And I will love the Lord my God with all my heart and all my mind and all my soul and strength. And when it comes to Sapphire Stone Revelations, regardless of whether I can feel that I could rely on my own Bina, my own Hakma. That's how I know that this increase should come to me. I know that I can get this, and I can get that, mm. and I can do this, because I have this. I have Bina. I have wisdom. I have understanding of that revelation and that spiritual principle. <sighs> Not my will, but Keter of mm. the Father. His will be done. Mm. Yes. What does it take to rise beyond wisdom and understanding? The will of the Father. Because no selfishness with these high supernal things. If you want to step from Bina to Hakma and Hakma to Keter, first you'll do it in your mind, in agreement, and then begin to walk on sapphire stones. Not my will, but your will be done. Yet though I understand the principles and the revelations and the gifts, even if I understand the gifts of the Spirit, natural gifts or spiritual gifts, yet will I praise Him, even if I should have received what I should have already received by now based on the spiritual principle, yet will I praise Him. Father, Your will be done. Your will, Your lightning will. There it goes. Bam! Lightning seraphim who carry the will of the Father perfectly. Don't you want to be in that nature? Even if it doesn't make sense to my supernal, celestial mind of revelation, his will is higher than my will, and even as an angelic being with a holy neshama, yet I cannot fathom the perfect will of my Father. And so let the overflowing trust come, and let my Father's will be done. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and that's how you go up. Amen. Well, Shadrach celebrating hugely. He's been telling me for months how he wants a, a new house. They have a, it's a pretty intense situation over there in Kenya, if you understand, third world nations. And uh, he's been wanting an upgrade for a while. It'd be extremely respectful, extremely respectful and extremely clear with you. It was an intense situation. Things over there are pretty dire. So he's been praying for an upgrade for his living situation, for his wife and himself and his two girls. And with the excess of the money given to the widows, we can afford in this ministry to pay his salary. And their family is in jubilee because they're able now to get a nice house, a nice house in the city and it is the biggest upgrade probably in their lives and it's only by your cheerful giving to the widows and the overflow of that that the ministry can afford a salary for him so i told him too you know that there's no cap on this 
when you begin to harvest the nations, when you begin to train people in righteousness and wisdom and holiness, and they become active participators, bringing their offerings, bringing their sacrifices to the temple, consistently building the vision of Moses and Aaron, getting the orders on the mountain, which is real apostolic ministry that this is. There is no cap in God. You go all the way up the the Sephirah. You go all the way up the weeks. You go all the way up the Shekinah. When you people begin to have the vision, the apostolic vision, that Rebecca and I and Shadrach share as one vision of one apostleship of Jesus Christ for the end times harvest, you begin to participate in sacrificial offerings and tithings for the building of his last day house. And it's not as much on the earth as you think. Although there be a ton of stuff on the earth, developing your vineyards on the earth, growing your vineyards, which are your business on on earth, but it will be mostly people discovering supernal Jerusalem. This apostolic wisdom is building the heavenly Jerusalem with living stones that you can begin to live in the heavens, as Bob Jones prophesied, this generation is called to populate the stars. Verbatim, exact words on God TV with Rick Joyner, Bob Jones, one of his last broadcasts before he died. You are called to populate the stars. As the stars begin to be populated by this type of leadership, this type of vision, guys, you know what's going to happen? New heavens, new earth. You're not going to have the deep state, you're not going to have the Illuminati, you're not going to have the IRS. You're not going to have all the corruption in the Pentagon. You're not going to have Epstein Island's uh, list of visitors. You're not going to have the Bilderberg Group. You're not going to have the wicked sorcerer class in the nations. As you populate the stars and live in righteousness according to the vision, the oral Torah, the teaching, and the written word that we have told you, when it becomes burned into your hearts and minds, it will automatically consume the enemy in all the heavens and in all the earth. All that is needed for that to happen is your obedience, which makes sacrifice easy and light. When you are obedient to the apostolic vision of Moses and Aaron, the true prophetic, from Had and Netza, then sacrifice is enjoyable, desirable, And you're eager for sacrifice because you understand that's how the camp and the nation Israel that Moses and Aaron symbolized in their first exodus, but the apostles of their names finish in this generation. Understand that? They began the work in the Old Testament. We finish the work they began through the wisdom we learn from these righteous men made perfect. This is an ongoing apostolic and prophetic work of passing the baton from generation of prophet to generation of prophet, from generation of apostle to generation of apostle for about 6,000 years since Adam. And this is the generation that finishes the work and constructs the second heaven's supernal temple of heavenly Jerusalem with sapphire stones. And you are the living stones of that temple if you obey the vision, and serve the vision that God has given the apostles and prophets on the mountain, and stay in the camp, and bring sacrifice, bring offering, 
and be faithful to Yahweh Vave and his lightnings that are coming down on the tent of meeting and you're watching it every Joel's bar. Some of you are getting electrocuted. Some of you are feeling fire, glory, water and all the things of the upper garden of Eden coming down every day at Joel's bar. Now it's time to sacrifice. Now it's time to bring offering. You've had the demonstration of power. You've had the greatest wisdom preached to you of the eternal gospel. You've had the consistent signs and wonders following the word of God. Now it's time to be obedient and sacrificial with all your house, with all your vineyard, and with all your family for the vision of Moses and Aaron in your generation to finish all ten weeks of sapphire stones, completing all these worlds. And we will do it if we stay focused and not distracted by lower things or even desires of the flesh, if we crucify the impulse of the flesh and get serious against the things distracting and delaying, we will make progress upward and fulfill God the Father's dreams and make all God the Father's dreams come true. And that vision is imparted into you. Now you might say, what do you mean? Ten, I see seven. Ten weeks, these are the ten weeks of Enoch, (laughs) prophesied in his book. But those seven that you see there lead up unto the seventh interior mansion. The seventh interior mansion of Enoch. And beyond that, we have eighth, ninth, and tenth weeks. And beyond that, weeks without end. And from then on, sin will no longer be mentioned. Weeks without end is called eternity of the eternities. So the stairway keeps going up, guys. He's got good things in store for you. Glory. Wisdom. (laughs) Wisdom. Sings her own praises. Among her own people, she proclaims her glory. And in the Greek, that says wisdom breathes in her soul and in the midst of her people she boasts that is Hakma wisdom breathes into the soul of Bina representing the mother the word and the spirit spirit breath a life giving spirit and a living soul, hyot, living creatures, the order of creation, the order of the worlds written in Hebrews, arranged in order, the order of the worlds is the order of Melchizedek, the order of creation, the overcomer's realm, with the nine planetary gifts and the luminaries. Mark 7.34, and looking up to heaven, he took a deep breath and said to him, Epatha, that is, be open. A life-giving spirit, spirit breath. Looking up to heaven, He took a deep breath, and he said to him, Epaphtha, that is, be open. 
he breathed his last into heaven, Bina, and the heavens were opened. The second cosmic commandment, let there be a firmament, heaven, Bina, the world of Berea. Wisdom breathes into the soul. Wow. <laughs> the neshama will give us discernment. It is written, what is it represented in? Discernment, the nose. That's when I had the flake of precious materials from heaven right under the nose. The neshama will give us discernment. He breathed into Adam. Spirit breath, a life-giving spirit, a new Adam. A life-giving spirit, a new Adam. Wisdom breathes into the soul, the will of the Father. The Father breathes, breath of life. When he breathed his last into heaven, be open. The mem. Represented in English is the letter M. In the Hebrew, the Mem. There is closed Mem. It's final Mem. There's open Mem. What does it mean? It represents the waters. The waters above and the waters below. We studied just the other day. Bina. Second cosmic commandment. Let there be a firmament. Heaven. <laughs> Separating the waters above and the waters below. Sweet waters through my soul. Naomi, the holy Neshama. What did she tell Ruth? Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. On account of her bitter life. Mm. A sweetening of the waters. <laughs> A sweetening of the waters for Naomi. Either way, Ruth is following Naomi. The Nefesh is following the Holy Neshama, regardless of the bitterness of the waters, on account of the curse of the fall. And the cross of Jesus was added to the waters, and it became sweet. Holy, supernal bread of the table of Melchizedek, like heavenly manna like dew the dew of the firmament are the lights that shine the holy neshamas that will be released to the believers who rise the dew of heavenly revival the restoration of the holy soul from the throne of the firmament that which you long for the discernment that you seek the fulfillment, the enjoyment that you seek, and the cleansing and the purification of the waters of the soul of that holy neshama that descended into an imperfect vessel must be cleansed. So you go through the realm of Berea. You step into a new land, a new world, trusting that the cross of Jesus is more than enough for all the needs of my neshama, 
to be cleansed of bitterness, that Naomi can have a sweet life. The spirit of counsel. What is it going to take? For you to change, not tomorrow, not when you've already been through the master class two or three times, but today, when we hear his voice. I don't mind the heart being sore from constant circumcision, no, I don't mind that. Don't be so worried about every care and pain of the heart. Something feels this in my heart. I feel this in my heart. In a journey of daily constant circumcision, you're not just circumcised one day, sore for three days, and then healed in that day. We choose a life of constant circumcision. There is a soreness that comes through the heart. And if all you do is focus on the heart and the pain and the soreness that can be there upon circumcision, then you won't be advancing. His grace is more than enough for you to rise. And as you wait upon the Lord, you will renew your strength, His strength within you. And you will rise up on wings like eagles ascending like aloe, like dew, like heavenly spiral pattern of divine DNA being activated at the sound of my voice, your holy DNA coming forth, remembering their original formation, the DNA of Jesus that fills all things. As your body begins to remember in your bones, the iniquities being removed from your bones upon your repentance. The iniquities removed from the heart and from the blood and from the bones at the engravings. As these letters of the Hebrew alphabet, the alphabet, when they originally came out of the mouth of the Father, when he created the worlds and wisdom was there dancing dancing with the letters, each letter alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, and you see them dancing, and you see wisdom dancing, and I see all those holy, supernal letters circling around rings of the Ophanim, living letters, each one its own book each one perfectly doing the will of the Father in its own design, in its own use, and those engravings engraved upon you to change your blood, to change your bones, to bring your bones into heavenly Zion, into Jubilee, into Bina, into Berea into the high place, into the will of the Father, and the lightning crown of the Father, 
the lightning crown of the Father, energizing your bones, changing your blood, dividing between even bone and marrow, receiving grace. Undeserved, unmerited grace. Higher than the realms that you could attain by your own merit, even at the highest level of wisdom. Beyond wisdom, beyond righteousness of your own. Unmerited, perfect righteousness, perfect holiness of our Lord who was slain before the foundations of the earth and his name is Jesus Christ and it was a Mary who anointed him for burial and it is a company of Mary's who will rise in the perfume fragrance of the seventh heaven's anointing oil like a sweet offering a living sacrifice an offering of purity unto the lord in jesus name amen as it's written no one can dwell on the stairway unless their purity is absolutely Lamb of God level virgin. So I've noticed along the way that all progress in the river of the valley, in the mountain of the Lord, it's all based on Jesus Christ's judgment of purity, not your own. There's a lot of it's self-righteousness or blindness or false love and you're not even convicted anymore because of callousness or religion and or repetitive sin patterns and so purity who can ascend the question is asked by the psalmist who can ascend the mountain of the Lord not just on earth all the way up ten heavens ten weeks yeah eternity of eternities <laughs> ten, God's easy uh, seven step ten week program <laughs> hey, you know what honestly if you're pure it's easy and light if you're impure it's frustrating and difficult and hard because you've defiled yourself through sins. This is the standard, guys. It's Jesus' virginity of his eyes, his senses, his heart, his spirit, like a perfect child. And the Word has all the ability to make you virgins again of spirit, soul, mind, and flesh. Constantly, every day, you engage in Torah to walk in virgin purity. Your main problem is you're impure in your thoughts your motivations, your actions, the intentions of your heart, your eyes, your senses, knowingly, unknowingly, and so you're disqualified from all kinds of supernal inheritances and rewards that God the Father has for you in Himself and to be added unto you. So purify your hearts and your garments, both on the inside and the outside. If the vessel is pure on the inside, Scripture says, Jesus Christ, I will fill it. Therefore, it will overflow and then be pure on the outside. So it's the perfecting of Yadevave on the inside and Yadevave on the outside. That's new heavens and new earth. That's new heavens making new earth through your bodies, his temples, every second, every day, every month, every year, forever and ever. Amen. 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 Like the Pishon from Hakma from Neptune. 
and like the tigress at the time of first fruits. First fruits. Mm. The festival of the first fruits is called Shavat, or in other words, the feast of weeks. Ten week festival. The period between Pesach and Shavat is called Sapphira. The counting. That is from Passover, Pesach, and Shavat. That period in between is called Sapphira. Counting. <laughs> the name is derived from the practice of counting the Omer, which is observed from the night of the second cedar of Pesach until the eve of Shavat. And that Sapphira is known as Sephirot Ha Omer. The counting of the Omer. Hmm. Hmm. Sapphire stones. <laughs> deep. Thank <Hey, Koya. laughs> you. That's real deep, going into deep. The noise of the upper garden of Eden calling out to us to rise in higher things of Jesus Christ than ever before. Challenging all your belief systems of what you thought you know about Jesus and Christianity and become really heavenly like the archangels Like Jesus and his father Amen, Amen. <laughs> Glory Bring your tithes and offerings and sacrificial giving into the temple for the vision of Moses and Aaron of Rebecca and I and Shadrach Let's build this ministry. Let's build this holy house together. Partner with Red Letter Ministries. Thank you, Father in Heaven, for helping people to bring sacrifices that are pleasing to you. Not just sacrificing flippantly. Not just sacrificing stuff that's not worthwhile to them. But sacrifices that are pleasing to you, Father, in their financial giving. Into this, into this apostleship, let it be a real sacrifice like a person bringing a bull to the altar of Moses and Aaron and say, burn this to Yadevave. I saw his lightning come down tonight to the tent of meeting. I saw Yadevave, the angel of Yadevave, who is Jesus Christ pre-incarnate. I saw him come and meet with you tonight. The words you are saying are from someone that has met with God who's receiving instruction on true sapphire stones. I want to bring an offering into what this work of Jesus Christ is and let it go right up for the building of Jesus Christ in the heavens to rule over the earth. And may every single one of you be a part of that building with all your house, with all your vineyard, and with all your family in the kingdom of heaven, in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you guys Tuesday. <laughs> Enjoy some of that new music. Oh, yeah. Oh.
days, glorious days, glorious days, glorious days, glorious days, glorious days, and the glory, glorious days. Glorious days, glorious days, glorious days, glorious days, glorious days, glorious days, and the glory.
Let the angels tickle you. After the credits, man, you must really like this movie. Yay. Oh, okay. It's good. <laughs> yeah, just well, stick around. Well, the Talmud speaks of a rabbi who had 24,000 students, all of whom were great rabbis in their own right. Great rabbis, not rabs, rabbis, yet. Over the course of just 33 days, 33 days, during the Omer counting period between Pesach and Shavuot, or you could say during the period of Sephirot HaOmer, 33 days, over the course of just 33 days, all 24,000 died. <laughs> The end. <laughs> because. <laughs> and they all died. <laughs> okay, good night. <laughs> Am I gonna die? <laughs> okay, continue. All 24,000 died because. Then what happened? They did not act respectfully toward one another. Mm. When they died, the world was left bereft, which means without, of Torah, until the rabbi came and taught five new students, and these five became great Zadokim, who acted in respect toward each other with supernal honor. They were able to restore the Torah to the Jewish people. The Torah of Moses requires a level of wisdom and purity and honor. Honor to restore the mysteries and secrets of the written word. That is the duty and nature of the Zadokim. Now, last week when we went to this cafe called Honor... They had to tell me, I'm sorry, we don't have what you want. We don't have what you're asking for. But... They didn't have the match. Yeah. 
The matcha latte. Matcha match. Which has a lot of glory. There's and a lot it's of green, glory. Like an emerald. Like an emerald. That is what I desired. But they gave me this card on it that said honor. Mm. And they said sorry. Ooh, mm. there was an apology. Ooh, man. There was an apology. Oops, our mistake. Please accept our apology for the inconvenience we caused you. Your satisfaction is our highest priority. I just got this whacking when I saw it. Present this card at your next visit for any drink on us. If you have additional concerns, please call or text Jared. Whoa. Man. <laughs> so I called Jared. <laughs> Supernal did, Jared. Did you call him? I called oh, Supernal yeah, Jared. Yeah. I reposted on Facebook our Jared. Enoch's dad. Yeah. I'm calling Enoch's dad. <laughs> you don't have my matcha latte. Enoch's dad was very righteous. Because he didn't have honor to the Zadokim. Mm. If you have additional concerns, please call or text Jared. Honor. And that's in Minneapolis. Honor Coffee. And today we went in there and we gave our order and I presented my card, Jared. And not only did they give me what I want, they recommended something wonderful. A rose syrup in the matcha. It was very popular. They had it seasonally for a while. And I've never tried this. You remember what he said? That drink is normally $10. 10, 10 weeks. 10 weeks. Yeah. The rose of the fire rose, the vav. The yeah. fire, yeah. And it was delicious. It was wonderful. And there was no sewage being pumped out in the front lot like, like last, last time, time there when there was being pumped on instead the, of right honor in of being place. given. Now there was honor. So we're switching from sewage to honor. And how did the Zadokim not die? How did how are you gonna not die? By treating each other with respect. Mm-hmm. As Zadokim. Now the count counting of each day in the Sephirot Ha-Omer those 33 days where the 24,000 died you're not going to die because you're going to live in the culture of heavenly angelic honor and treating one another even if you become a great these were great rabbis Mm. This is going to separate between bone and marrow, even between great rabbis and the true Zadokim. By the sanctification, how many were there? Five. The five senses in purity, without strife, with honor, respect toward one another. In the friendly debates between Zadokim that bring about righteousness into the earth. The idea of counting each day represents spiritual preparation and anticipation for the giving of the Torah, which God gave on Mount Sinai, or you could say on Shekinah. At the beginning of the month of Shivan, around the same time as the holiday of Shavuot. And for those of you that vav, that fire rose represents the six words of the Shema. And before a Jewish man recites the Shema, 
he puts on the tefillin. You know, the black box, you bind one under the arm, the other one under the head, the little box carrying the scrolls of Torah, the mini, mini scrolls. Portable. It's just slightly inconvenient. <laughs> no, you know. It has to be kosher. Every detail has to be perfect. You wrap it around the arm seven times. That goes on your left arm, representing Gevora. The other box, scrolls, goes on the head. The ceiling of Gevra and at by what? What is he binding? That container holding the word of God. You're going to bind every day, the word of God to Gevra and at mm. as a cosmic Jew of righteousness. Jewish men do this faithfully. You can begin to do this every day. Here's who does this. Jewish men. 13 and older. Once they've had that bar mitzvah, they begin to do the binding, but what are you going to do? By the time you're 13, what do you know how to do? You already know how to do it. Why? You've been practicing. You already say the prayers. You already practice it. And when you come of age, you seal it. You have the power with the holy neshama the bar mitzvah, the bat mitzvah of a cosmic, righteous Christian, a believer, the cosmic Jewish race, because it's divine DNA. At 13 for men, 12 for women, it's your bat mitzvah, your bar mitzvah. That is the receiving of the holy neshama, that spark, that flame of fire that comes down from above and rests upon the throne of the Ruah that you have consecrated. You want to explain why it goes on the forehead in the left hand? Oh yeah, because the left hand represents Gevra. Hell. Part, part of hell. Yep. And Da'at. Those are those two abyss, the head in the hand of not only Jezebel, yeah, remember six, but six, the portals. Remember 666 on the head in the hand in Revelation of Jesus Christ? The mark of the beast. So it's sealing away Gevra and Dot or the mark of the beast in the forehead and the mark of the beast in the hand with the word of God bound to your hand and bound to your head. You seal it away every day so there's no demonic influence in your life whatsoever. Amen. <laughs> and that's what you're going to do. Glory. Amen. Bless you guys. <laughs> See you Tuesday.
your children tied up, but you can laugh him to death tonight uh, until he unlooses it. Hallelujah. Just let go uh, and let God laugh through you. Hallelujah. Ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho. Amen. Ho, ho. Some of you are sick in your body. You just need to start laughing. Hallelujah. That deliverance, laughter. Take hold of your spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ho, ho, ho.